Welcome to Now and Then. I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the executive director of the Henry Nowen Society, and I am with Sister Sue Mosteller. Sister Sue Mosteller was one of the leaders at the Larch Daybreak community for many, many years, and was there at a very critical time when her friend Henry Nowen was there. It was the time in which Henry actually experienced a, a real depression. So tell me what was going on. What, what happened that his world was shaken? Well, I imagine there were a number of factors that brought this on. And of course, uh, he wasn't expecting it and neither were we. But uh, he really experienced a very cr a big crash, really. He just crashed. And uh, it was quite evident quite soon that Henry wasn't really able to function and uh, that he couldn't carry on with the work that he was doing in the community, uh, nor could he imagine where he could go or what he could do to try to get through this. But he was able to find a community in Winnipeg called Homes for Growth, which I, I'm not sure if it's still going, but it was going in those years. And uh, he went to Homes for Growth in Winnipeg, and he stayed there seven months. And uh, it was a time of very deep uh, searching and getting support. He had the support of two people that he talked to each day who were guiding him and listening to him. And then, of course, I guess friends were writing him, and some of us were visiting him during that time. But it was a... Uh, I think he, he said all the, the whole of his life came crashing down on him, and he had to kind of start picking up pieces that went way, way back in his history, which not I don't know that of anybody that knows all that story except Henry himself, but, but that's what, uh, he, how he described it. It's interesting, isn't it? For some of us, perhaps one of, that's one of the most meaningful parts of Henry's life, only because Henry dealt with everything with such honesty. Yeah. And I think the reality being that there are many people that are drawn to and uh, receive real food for their journey from what Henry writes about because of his great honesty. But I think also really the reality of knowing that somebody could be that down, that discouraged, go that deep, and somehow come back from that. Um, I understand that he didn't take very many things with him, but I understood that he took the poster of Rembrandt's Return of the Prodigal Son. What did that mean to him as he was there? How did that feed his spirit? Do you know? He had had an experience of that painting for the first time. Now, I'm, he probably had seen it before, but when he was in Trolley during this year of sabbatical that that led him to finally come to Daybreak. That was just the year before, a couple of years before this happened. He saw that poster on the door when he was talking to somebody, it was on the door of her office. <laughs> and he said when he looked at the painting, he was just taken by it because of the posture and the, the beauty and the light and the color and the so on of the father's hands and, and the gesture of the father with the son who had run away and come home. And he said that in his own heart and soul, he just had this experience of wanting to be in that place. He wanted those hands. He wanted that love. He wanted that so badly. So that painting 
uh, he spoke right then and there in that office, and, and the woman said to him, you can get this poster, it's in Paris, you can buy it. And he bought, I'm sure he bought the store out because he was sending it all over the world to people, saying, look at this painting, isn't it beautiful, and, and so on. And he had that painting with him when he came to Daybreak. It was up in practically every building. He gave it as a gift. He had them framed. He, and, uh, but for he himself, it was, a, it was a very, very important thing. And when he had this breakdown, he took that painting and the Eucharist, and he was in a room for these months. And basically, I mean, he may have had a few books, I don't know, but basically those are the only two things that he had. And he... he studied that painting and he went into it. He got right into this, the, the being of the young son. And then someone told him, well, you know, you aren't the young son, you're the older son. There's a lot of resentment in you and so on. So he all of a sudden shifted over and he became, like he, he, he became that elder son. He read the scripture and he said, that's me. And then he went through his whole life saying all the places where he was resentful and where he was had cold anger and he was holding all these feelings and but looking very good, teaching, staying in the church, doing everything. So he became that person. And then somebody said to him, well, you shouldn't just be the, the son. The, the, the real journey is to become the father and to become loving and to be blessing people and so on. And then that was just huge enlightenment for him. So then he became, during those seven months, it was just this whole journey of, of him getting, becoming the figures in the parable to a very, very deep degree. And then, of course, when he came out, a couple of years later, he wrote the book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, which is a, a classic book because he, he shows us how to do that. I, weren't you the person who actually said to him, them, said to Henry, you've yeah. got to become the yeah. father? That's right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. I think that's something for all of us to know. Here we are. This book, as you said, it's a classic. It, it is still such a source of spiritual food for so many. There's, there is, it is probably considered Henry's finest work. It's wonderful to know that it came out of the depths of pain and anguish because in a way you feel God can do something with the stuff that I go through that I I feel overwhelmed by. There may be there may be fruitfulness that comes out of it. That was something Henry was always talking about. He was always talking about fruitfulness. Yeah, that's right. I think that's probably one of the, the richest uh, things that was birthed out of that pain. Exactly. And he speaks of it in the book. He talks about the breakdown. So we get a sense of how he was living that and, uh, and how this helped him to gradually, but so gradually, and he was very fragile when he first came home after seven months, and it took time. It was not something, I mean, when you think of seven months, and then you think of three or five or ten more months of just integrating all that he had seen that he really believed and that he wanted to grow into you know so so this is a human journey but it's an education for the heart much more than for the mind it's something where the yearning of our hearts is realized in a way that we could never have imagined and he became in the community it was so obvious he could not st stop telling us how much God loved us he just couldn't and blessing every place we went we got a blessing and and he blessed us and so on. And this last paragraph in The Prodigal Son, he says, you know, and when I look at my aging hands, 
I realize that I've been given these hands to bless people and not to curse them, but to bless them and to send them on their way and to trust them and to help them become full human beings. It's beautiful. Oh, Sue, thank you so much. That's a wonderful, wonderful story. If you have not read The Return of the Prodigal Son, oh, let me encourage you. It's a treasure. You will enjoy that book. Thank you for being with us. Join us again for Now and Then.